The Very Serious Crafts podcast is now on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash seriouscrafts to support our podcast and get early access to episodes, find out about our unfiltered-only off-week episodes, and more. You're listening to the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. We're very serious crafters, and we craft very serious crafts. Very serious. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 2 of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. I'm Molly from Wild Olive. And I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors. And Heidi is still off working on her super secret project. Yes. Um, today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I know. Very, very sinister. Um, uh, not really at no. all. <laughs> anyway, today we'll be talking about crusted software, glitter pollution, and the return of the stripper cat. Wah, That's wah, right, wah, folks. Wah, wah. Stripper cat. <laughs> oh, boy. Yes. 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 Um. <laughs> I, yeah, okay. I, <laughs> this is a great way to start. Um, in something maybe less provocative, <laughs> um, <laughs> I am very delighted to tell you that I I have not talked about this, but I am very excited because I finally ordered a metric quilting ruler. I have nice. thought about this for a while. Um, and Like, I kept thinking, I I made it so much more complicated than it needed to be. I kept thinking, well, the next time I'm visiting somewhere that uses the metric system, like England, I'll just buy one there and bring it home with me. And then I was like, that is dumb. I should just have my friend who lives in the UK buy it or have it shipped to her and she'll bring it to me. And I was like, that's still really complicated. I just ordered one on Amazon. So anyway, <laughs> this is how I mean, my brain works. Uh, but I approve of the metric system wholeheartedly. Absolutely. So and I'm with you on this. Most of the time, if you use like US patterns, you uh, wouldn't need to use that. Everything is in inches. But I do a certain amount of work for um a a UK magazine sewing magazine and then any time yeah. that you have patterns that are given in the in metric measurements it's just so much easier i'm so tired of converting everything all the time <laughs> but i was like yay it was like so easy to do that and i don't know why i didn't do it sooner it hasn't arrived yet but i cannot wait to use it I feel like there are a lot of things in my life that would make things so much easier that I don't do for an absurdly long time for no good uh-huh. reason. Yeah. 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 So. so. <laughs> well, obviously, I had complicated it, and that's why I didn't do it just immediately. I, I It took me took me a while to figure out there's really an easy way to fix this problem. <laughs> yeah, but we're crafters. We need like 37 steps and some photo step outs. There you- <laughs> that's just how it works. <laughs> if there had been photo step outs for how to get a metric quilting ruler, I would have had this so much sooner. That's perfect. I can draw you some instructions if you want. <laughs> well, now I've I've done it for myself, so maybe I will create the I'll create the step yes, outs. Draw for instructions other folks. for others. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. How about you? What are you ordering these days? Um, well <laughs> I I'm <laughs> So two things have been going on in my life in the very recent past. Okay. The first was that I got an email yesterday saying that strippercats.com is expiring <laughs> and then i laughed until i cried uh-huh uh-huh yeah and if you don't know what i'm talking about oh my goodness pause this go listen <laughs> to season 2 episode 10 and then come back to us because yes. it will be worth it it will it is my favorite episode that we've ever done and the stripper cats weren't even my fault. 
It, that's absolutely true. The thing that I'm trying to question is how long, like, did you get that domain after that episode or did you already have it? No, I got it. Well, I own strippercrafts.com. Okay. And I I bought it well during the episode. Yeah. I don't remember if I, that part okay. made it into the episode, but I definitely <laughs> bought it actively as we were talking about it. Okay. Because I was surprised that it didn't already exist. I mean, why had no one else captured that domain before you? I... <laughs> It's a mystery. I, it, it is a mystery for several reasons, and I'll I'll just leave those alone. Okay. But um, so the uh, the second thing that is going on in my life besides stripper cats <laughs> is um, my birthday was yes. on Sunday, and I turned thirty seven, and I like my. I like my 30s, so I'm pretty pleased to be entering my late 30s. Yeah. And um, my dad sent me a display case for the Singer So Handy toy sewing machine that he got for me for Christmas. And, and it looks so good. Yeah. it's It looks so good. I mean, the sewing machine is adorable, and now it's like a treasure. Yeah, more so. and so he made um, he made the base of it in his wood shop, and then my niece's partner um, works in I guess some plexiglass fabrication. Okay, and he on his lunch hours apparently it made a custom cover that fit perfectly onto my dad's base, and so. so it was a, a group effort, and I was so excited when I opened that package. Yeah. My dad um, had me wait and jumped on FaceTime when I told him I was going to open it. Oh, and cool. So, so we opened it together, and it, it's really cool. And I definitely, I've already sent pictures to Heidi and Molly because, well, as it was happening. Yes. But I will... <laughs> definitely share it with the rest of the class as well <laughs> yes it's it's very cool it also kind of makes me think that like all adorable little sewing machines should have such a special case to live in oh i agree completely i your, mean why why wouldn't they i mean your dad could have a thriving business if word gets out I'm not entirely sure that my dad is looking to add a thriving <laughs> business to his retirement, but um, I, I will let him know. Okay. And okay. I do have two other tiny sewing machines that might also want cases. Yeah. So along with my featherweights, yep. I could also start collecting display cases of tiny sewing machines yes yeah. you could have your own like little mini museum i kind of already do have my own mini museum <laughs> i mean that's just ooh, doorbell oh, okay i gotta go get the ups i'll be right back <laughs> all right i'll stay here knitting I do hope you were playing hold music while I was gone. <laughs> I was. I was, in Great. fact, doing that. <clears throat> I'm very glad. Uh, yes. So before we, uh, before we jump into the, the bulk of this podcast, we want to give a shout out to some new serious friends of the Very Serious Crafts podcast. Who are supporting us at patreon.com slash serious crafts. Many thanks to Karen C. You are the best, as are all of our uh, Patreons. You you really make a difference in, in helping this podcast go on. So thank you. Yep. I mean, you definitely do. If you, if you wonder, and also getting the emails that say we have a new Patreon supporter. Make my day because yes. I'm the one who checks the email. Uh-huh. And I don't always get the email, but I, like, visit Patreon and those little notifications. Actually, the notifications for, like, when 
patrons do anything on the thing, like when they like a post or they leave a comment, it's it's very joyful. So thank yes. you. It makes us very happy. Yes. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So today I wanted to bring to the table something that I encountered called the Kirsten Project. Now, all right. Here's the here's the funny thing. My sister is not a serious crafter. Okay. But I mentioned the Kirsten project at the dinner table the other day and she goes, "Oh, is that done by Jessica Quirk?" And I was like, "What? Where who, Wait, who? is this your older sister or your younger sister?" She's my she's uh the older of my two sisters, but she is younger than me. And yep. I was like, what um yeah that's who this is how do you know about this she proceeds to tell me like all of this information about jessica quirk and how she used to work with a design company and how she's been my sister's (laughs) been following her for her fashion stuff for a long time and how she did this this i was like who are you it made sense ultimately when i got like the fashion connection but it was very funny for her to hear the Kirsten Project, and know instantly what I was talking about. So here's <laughs> what this is, so that you all know what I'm talking about. Yes, please share. Yeah. Um, so Jessica Quirk is all of these things that I've said, and she also happens to love, still, from her childhood days, she loves American Girl dolls. And so she decided to that she wanted to make... Um, an adult size Kirsten from the American Girl Dolls outfit for herself, a, co- a full costume. Oh. And so she started with... That wasn't where I was expecting this to go. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely, it's incredible. You will love this. You will, I mean... I you will, am looking at it right now. You, I mean, like, wow. this person, she's one of our people, Okay. <laughs> Um, I have not gotten into a lot of like cosplay things, but this is like historical cosplay at its finest. I know. Yeah, so, let's be friends with her. Yeah. Um, here's what she here's what she did. She wanted to make the dress from the book Meet Kirsten, which yeah. if you don't remember or you're unfamiliar entirely, it's um, it's a blue dress from the 1850s her story takes place in 1854 and it's got she's got an uh kirsten is a swedish immigrant to the united states and they live in a little log cabin and um my my mom had the kirsten doll because my family is swedish and so that was like a really strong connection for her and like as an adult my mom had this doll because you know she was an adult when these dolls uh, started coming around. But um, right, so, I was going to ask. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I remember when they came out. Uh huh. Yeah. So, um, so here's what what Jessica did to embark on this project. First of all, she researched like crazy, which already made me yes. love her. And she has all of these posts in her, on her blog as part of this project, and I will obviously link to all of this um, in the show notes so that you can delight in this as well. But um, she researched the fashion of the era and the colors that people wearing were wearing and the fabric designs and all of these things, just so that she had a better idea of it, even though she was aiming to match what you see on the cover of, of the American Girl Doll book. Well, sure, but it's good to know how exactly. close they got. Yes, and she wanted to know how, like, what was the research that they did to create these fashions and these different elements for the, both the illustrations and for the dolls themselves. So she did all of that. She, um, the little pocket is very cool. Uh, yes. So, um, Kirsten has this, um detachable pocket like a pocket you would wear around i mean it's really kind of like the the old version like a chatelaine yeah yeah a chatelaine only or only not attached to a right or like the old version of like a hip pouch or a fanny pack as we would say in the united states sorry british listeners sorry british listeners that's not a bad word here (laughs) 
Um, I question whether I should say that in this podcast or not. But I heard you hesitate, and I really hope you were just going to go for it. And you did. <laughs> I did. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, but anyway, it's like a little square pocket, and it has all of this embroidery on it. And she did full research into what those looked like, what um, what existing historical ones looked like, and maybe why they made the choices they did when designing mm-hmm. hers from the doll and from the book and all of those things. Um, she designed her own fabric for it so that she could get the scale accurate. So that yes. like she counted the number of like floral repeats across the chest of the dress on the doll. And then she yes. scaled the fabric so that it would do the same thing for her dress. Which is, I mean... I. I the detail. really, really think we need to be friends with her. I Yeah. So, I mean, maybe this podcast presents an opportunity for this. Um, so, like, that yeah, was... Yeah, we should probably let her know that we have been talking about yes, her. Yes, yes. Um, I will reach out, because, Jessica, if you're listening now, we think you're amazing. Um, yes. So she went through all of that, and it, based on what I was reading, it seemed like that was the plan was just to make the meet Kirsten outfit. And that was going to be the end of this project. She does other historical sewing. And if you go to her blog and look at the sewing category, you'll see amazing costume pieces that she has um, sewn. And, you know, with her fashion background, that makes sense that she's putting together really incredible um, clothing pieces. But um, yeah, yeah, so, but she didn't stop there with the Kirsten project. She made her, um, what is the book called? I think it's Kirsten's Surprise or a Surprise for Kirsten. It's her Christmas outfit where she's dressed as St. Lucia. And Mm -hmm. that's beautiful. That's a little more simple. Then she went on and did the, um, her winter outfit. And her winter outfit is like a long wool skirt with these color bands at the bottom. And a gorgeous sweater which she discovered in her research is actually based more on a norwegian design um which Mm -hmm. again interesting that they chose to bring that in but she did not make the sweater the winter skirt's so cool yeah she found a um she actually found one of the sweaters that pleasant company at the time um american girl doll Mm -hmm. company was selling for girls but she found a size that would fit her but she did hand knit the hat mittens and i believe she did the um the scarf as well oh i forgot to say in her meet kirsten outfit she had the socks custom knit even though she does knit she had those custom knit for her um for her outfit which is fantastic but again with the the um winter outfit she looked through and does she shares all of her research on the design for the sweater itself and she has like pictures of vintage pattern books that have almost identical uh sweaters on them fantastic and she does a really nice job laying it all out yeah it's it's really really thorough and that's exciting and now she's working on um her springtime her her kirsten's birthday dress and one of my favorite uh things was like she's been researching the the pink gingham fabric and how much she was going to need and i think she's looking at like like how much if you were making a dress Haley, how much Mm -hmm. what would be the yardage that you would typically buy if you were like i'm gonna make a dress this is how much i need i usually buy about three yards and less time pattern matching it depends on whether or not it's going to be a circle skirt. Okay, right. And it's that circle skirt that that changes everything. And mm-hmm. um, her, I now I can't find, I can't find it. I'm afraid I'm going to misquote it. But I think that she was looking at more like eight yards to create this dress because it, you have these amazing full skirts. But it really it made me kind of think about. The fabric that people yeah. were, you know, fashions that people were making, how much was required, um, why these dresses would have been so expensive 
then to make. They're expensive now to make. So, um, well, and there were also handmade yeah. to the person. Yeah, absolutely. At the time, I mean, clothes used to be valuable. People used to will them to yeah. others. And people, Maybe not this late, but um, yeah, um, and people took care of things and reused and and adapted and and all of those things. And yeah, so uh, watching this next because now that I've found this whole project um, yeah and she's going to be working through this next phase of it to get to see it unfolding bit by bit is is going to be exciting so i i just honestly i i found this and fell in love in an instant it's so cool and it's not at all what i expected like i I'm not sure exactly what I was expecting, but I think I was expecting it to be cheesier. Yeah, it is not cheesy at all. It's so... No, it's a deep dive into actual, like, garment history. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. And um, seeing seeing her pay attention to all of the different details, um, including the embroidery and the knits and the fabric scale and mm-hmm. all of those things is it's not just it's not just one thing it's all encompassing and i think it's beautiful so yeah it's so cool and i also just i love it when people unselfconsciously throw themselves into projects like this and yeah. just really really go for it yeah. Um, I think we don't do that enough, especially when we're grownups. And <laughs> like, it just, it, it makes me like s- smile and get excited just to look at it. Yeah. Like, I, she, she did this because it's making her happy. And that's, there's so much value in that. I mean, not everyone certainly could take on a project of this scale, both in yeah. terms of time and money. But, um, I think exactly. I think she actually has done some Kickstarter kinds of things to um to help make this happen, but um, yeah, it's it's so delightful. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I am delighted to have been introduced to it. Well, I'm happy to share it with the world. I mean, the world has obviously been finding it already, but in my little well. circle. I mean, apart from my sister, who knew apparently all about it and didn't tell me. <laughs> that, I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, I'm not bringing nearly as much delight to the table. Oh, you always um, bring delight to the table. Well, in a certain way. <laughs> <laughs> so... I think we probably all know at this point that I really hate glitter. <laughs> yes. And this has come up several times over the last few years, but it just came up again. Um, the call, the scientific call to ban glitter. Yes. And the Daily Mail jumped onto this particular sparkly train and... <laughs> I mean, the Daily Mail, it's a tabloid. Yeah. But they aren't wrong. Um, So there have been a lot of bans on sort of similar products, like the microbeads in, um, like, face washes and stuff like that. Okay. And glitter itself is microplastic. It's mylar. Yeah. And so... It's and it's also of a size that marine life can easily mistake for food. Sure. And so it's I I'm willing to jump directly behind this push since I hate glitter. <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't be sorry to see it go. But I I really like that there are legal steps being taken to banish glitter from my world. <laughs> Um, um, I don't know. Okay. Uh, you might make me cry because <laughs> I think that glitter is delightful. So I don't know. 
I don't know. I mean, I but not- I mean, there's edible glitter that that's true. Dissolves. That's true. And obviously, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the the dark side of glitter. But um, I how could something so sparkly be bad? Is all? No, I'm joking. I know. I understand all of the. I didn't say a word. <laughs> I I'm I'm I understand the the science behind it. It absolutely makes sense. The secret is just never throw any glitter away. Just keep your glitter around making things sparkly. What forever. are you going to do with that? Oh. <laughs> um but just in case the uh the Daily Mail is not your um cup of tea. I did not mean to make that joke, but here we are. Um the BBC has also written about it this year um and a couple years ago apparently slate came out with an article that basically says yeah you could ban glitter it'd be nice but it won't really do anything it would be negligible so you can make lots of arguments either way it sounds good yeah and it sounds like you're doing a really solid environmental thing but frankly glitter is not the microplastic that's the problem right um in the grand scheme of things yeah so before anybody asks me i know i know i just don't like glitter and so (laughs) i saw the headline and felt glee Uh uh-huh yeah any any excuse is is a good excuse for you yeah i i also like even as someone who likes glitter I mm. recognize that it is, well, what, I mean, what do people say? Like, it's the herpes of craft supplies? That's what I say. Yeah, it's, it's everywhere. And it's true. Yeah. It, it sticks to you, it stays, it never goes mm-hmm. away. I, you can't get rid of it. Yeah. And lest you think that I am just picking on glitter, <laughs> I do feel that I should also call out some other, like, common supplies or common methods that are also dangerous mm-hmm. um just just to be fair so <laughs> hey guys resin fumes are bad for you also dyes can be dangerous spray paints oh man oh don't yes. breathe that in <laughs> would um, you please tell that sanding to my mother? and polishing <laughs> it, it, is there a problem there? <laughs> yeah. She's like, uh-huh. like, it's the spray paints, and she's gotten better about spray paints outside instead of inside. But, um, like, spray mount glue, I'm like, mother, get it out of here. Oh, boy. <laughs> yep, yep. So, yes, all of those things, sanding and polishing, sanding and polishing, using mediums that help that along uh-huh all of those things and many many more are actually dangerous even though we all do them a lot yeah and i would just like to take this moment to say wear eye lung or hand protection or all of them uh-huh because i mean especially if you're say, dyeing something with dyes that aren't natural, you're doing chemistry. So get a respirator. <laughs> this that, is, is, that is all. I, well, I mean, this is, this is where the serious <laughs> part of serious crafts comes into play, right? I mean, I am the scientific killjoy. <laughs> that is my role here. I, Ruining yarn for everyone. Dyes glitter i think so i'm raining on a craft parade uh, perhaps but also i'd like to think that it's because you you love our listeners and the earth that you say these things yes i mean that's well i don't like people but <laughs> but you don't want to see i'm kidding to i'm kidding <laughs> no no and <sighs> i like people that I have things in common with, generally speaking. <laughs> I do not like random humans on the subway. That's more the issue. But yeah, I, I would sure. just... It's important to me that our listeners stay healthy so they can listen to us. Oh, hearing protection. <laughs> I forgot about that. 
Yeah, that I, is, there are just that is so a good many one. things. I yeah. mean, you might need a hazmat suit. I don't know. I don't oh know what goodness. you're doing. I'm I'm now thinking about the crafts that people are doing which require a hazmat suit. I mean, if you're like spray painting in strong wind or okay. something like that, I could I could see reasons that aren't deeply hazardous why you might I mean splatter painting. There there are lots yeah. of reasons why you might want full body coverage. I don't know if that's a hazmat suit at that point, but Well, I mean, no, I mean Actual hazmat suits are probably very expensive. I don't know. Uh, um, a coverall. Yes, there we go. Okay, that's a little bit more attainable. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I just felt the need to rain on more parades than just glitter because yeah. there are lots of things that aren't doing great service to either the body or the environment. Yes. And many of the things I just listed, not all of them, but many, also, you know, aren't great things to say, wash down a sink. True. So, you know. True. Be aware. Yeah. Look that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we we wouldn't want, like, like some non-yarn version of, of Heidi's uh, neurotoxin oh yarn going on. These are, like, things that we should probably be more aware of that are dangerous Anyway, you don't suspect some things, but other things, it should be obvious, and we shouldn't. I, no. I know, I know, I have been guilty of ignoring the the warnings at times. Certainly, I my mother has. So, yeah, I mean, and me too, and we all do. Well, and I mean, that's really, yeah. I think the whole point of this conversation is we do a lot of things without thinking about them, mostly because it's quicker and easier. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, boy. But, All right. Anyway. Message received. Great. <laughs> um, all right. So, a little less serious, but still, like, in the realm of taking things seriously. I wanted to... I mean, well-organized. Yes. I wanted to talk today about cross-stitch software. Back when I started... Doing design work, I really didn't ever think this would be on my radar because I am I design embroidery patterns and I thought that that would be the end of it and I wouldn't do cross stitch. And then um, I started working with a friend of mine, Susie, who is mm-hmm. Lila Louise on uh, Instagram and and elsewhere, and we designed some cross stitch patterns together. It was mostly her, but we kind of like, you know, partnered up in that way. And I had to find yeah. software to actually create the pattern itself. And it was kind of a small thing and I didn't want to spend a whole lot of money on it. And what I came across and decided to use is an app called Stitch Sketch. And hmm. it's not- like a phone app. Yeah. Uh, I use it on an iPad because it's a lot easier to design on a little bit larger screen. But I, I think when I bought it, I can't remember if I paid $5 or $10 for it, for the full version of it. Um, They have a, (laughs) I think they have like a smaller version. Back before subscriptions. (laughs) Yeah. I, it's still, I actually, I should have, I should have checked to see what the current status of it is, but it's still, it's still available. And, um, I had a couple people, I recently posted a picture of a pattern that I was working on in the the app itself, and I had a few people ask me, yeah. what do you use for your design? And so I sent back the information about the app. I am still actually very happy with it. It's not, it's not the full kind of thing that a, like a, a professional piece of software is, but... Mm-hmm. You can design it. It pulls in all the DMC colors. Well, not the most recent additions to it, but all the classic DMC colors. That's cool. And you can do backstitch with it and other little like drawing elements with it. You can't do, there's not like a a simple way to do partial stitches. So that's a downside. But Mm -hmm. I don't tend to go that direction with my stuff anyway. So that was, that worked out okay for me. Sure. It works. Yeah. It's it actually has a lot for 
an inexpensive program and I've been happy with it. But I keep doing more and more cross-stitch design. And so I've been thinking I should probably upgrade and do like a real program. And I know that obviously you've done a lot of cross-stitch charts. What software do you use? I do everything in Adobe Illustrator. Oh my goodness, you're incredible. What? Oh. (laughs) Is it hard to set that up? Um, no, because you can use the internal grid system. Um, and I have, I basically, when I wrote my first book, set up a template uh-huh. that I have then been able to use for every pattern in that book and every pattern in the next two books. Okay. So, wow. um, I place pixel by pixel. Yeah. I had um, tried so it doing takes that once. A while. And, yeah. But it's it's much easier to deliver files to say a publisher right. in Illustrator format. Um, but I wouldn't say that it's the quickest way if you're just trying to bang out a pattern. Right. But it's probably one of the better ways if you're trying to have really functional high quality patterns. Yeah. Um, especially because like you can, I don't know if you can do this on other softwares, but select all of one color or something like that, or remove things and move things around really easily. And so that's why I use it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, in stitch sketch, you can export as a PDF that is fully editable, which is a very nice feature. Um, so then like for my own items, I open it up in illustrator and can judge things as needed. Um, but when I'm creating cross-stitch patterns for a magazine like Cross-Stitch Crazy, they, they take my PDFs and they work with them, but they also work with another software. And I thought if I'm going to, if I ever need to change, I should change to something Mm. that they use. So they like Cross-Stitch Professional. And I, I, I've never heard of any of these. Yeah. And then there's, they also told me about Stitchcraft and Pattern Maker for Cross-Stitch. And so I was like looking into them a little bit. And first of all, only Cross Stitch Professional has a Mac version, which is interesting and sad to me that that's it. The other ones tell you, well, you can use it. You just have to run Windows on your Mac. And I just don't want to do that, which is maybe lazy of me. But the other ones can be very expensive anyway. Like, by the way, when we're talking about Cross Stitch software, um, the less expensive ones are in the like 50 to 100 dollar range then you bump into the like over 100 to like 200 is kind of like that mid-range but one of these that i looked at if you are are a professional they want you to be getting software that's like 700 dollars no <laughs> i cannot i am i might be serious about this but i am not 700 dollars serious about this for just i mean cross-stitch patterns <laughs> If you're going to do that, get all of Adobe Suite for a year, frankly. But um, that's interesting. Um, I'm also sort of bouncing around on what seems to be the website for this. And I don't know that I want to trust them with making software. (laughs) Okay. I'm glad that that you also noticed that because I will say... The websites do not suggest high-end, beautiful software. Not that the interface looks or are design. the most important. But yes, exactly. It's not great design. So I'm sure that it's very functional. I mean, this is what places and people use. But I mean, yeah. the, the really expensive software, it doesn't look like it's been designed recently. Let's say that. I'm sure that it's been, is, yes. I'm sure that it's regularly updated and and you know, keeping keeping functional, but it does it hasn't had an aesthetic redesign in a while. So I don't know. No. I'm, and I'm maybe torn. it doesn't I mean, it's functional. So maybe yeah. it doesn't need yeah. to be anything more dramatically yeah. visually beautiful. But I, I there's part of me that goes how how valuable is it for me to spend a chunk of money? Because I'm looking at spending $100 or something for this. 
and then still have to learn yeah. a whole new system when maybe what I've been using actually is still perfectly fine. It might be a little bit more work for people that I send my files to, but I don't know. Yeah. I feel like if you're getting most of the functionality that you need out of the easy-to-use iPad app, yeah, that it's kind of, like... Often snobbery is the reason why people <laughs> use any given thing. And I don't mean that right. you are. No, I know. I know. But, but it um, is. There's That can be a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when somebody hears that I designed an illustrator, they think that I am doing something way fancier than I'm doing. And, I mean, well, it may have had a learning curve. I'm not doing something complicated. And right. it just happens to be the tool that I have at my disposal already. Yes. And, I mean, I might do something completely different if that hadn't been the case. If I, I mean, listeners, if you have done some cross-stitch pattern design, and I know that, um, I know some people who, who do that for themselves or for professional reasons, like, and I may yeah. reach out to them too, but, like, if you're listening and you have experience with cross-stitch design software I, I would love to hear your your thoughts and feedback as to whether or not it's worth it what you've used mm -hmm. have you used stuff on a mac um because i'm i'm digging yeah into especially the research if you do stuff but, on a mac yeah mm -hmm. um but yeah I, I would love to to hear what your experiences have been for you know because you can read all this stuff on a, a place's website but like what real people are doing with it and how they've felt about it matters so much more to me at this point. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, because probably the people who are doing similar things need similar functionality. And if they're frustrated, chances yeah. are good that you might be too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would be really interested too, because I don't think I've, I don't think I know anybody else who designs their cross-stitch patterns in Illustrator. Embroidery, sure. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think I know. And I'm fairly certain that I'm doing it the hard way. But. <laughs> um, I think that you probably, some parts of it are harder. And I bet other parts, it's a lot easier, if I were to guess. For some, I mean, speaking as someone who uses Illustrator a lot, there, there are some things in the app that I use where I go, why can't I just click and do the thing? Yes. So I know that there are functions in Illustrator that would be really helpful. So you've probably found some nice middle way that um, maybe I should play around with. I don't yeah, know. I mean, I feel like nothing is going to be exactly what I want. Right. So I may as well just stick with what I already know how to do. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, that makes sense. But that's also kind of a lazy answer to that as well. <laughs> so you know, when you've got anyway. stuff to do, you sometimes just have to go with what's going to work for you. So there's not <laughs> always time to find a whole new way, even if it's easier <laughs> long term. Yeah, exactly. So sort of on the subject of things that are more complicated than I would want to make them. Uh -huh. um, and also, uh, similar to your being in awe of the Kirsten project. Yes. I, with the help of a post from, uh, a Facebook post from Nitty, I think over the summer, have stumbled upon Geschmeide Untertek, which is an Etsy shop that sells the most ridiculously amazing um, resin jewelry and other items. Okay. I just clicked on one of your links here, and one of the things that came up, I was like, okay, I think I have seen these before, but yes, they are amazing. Yeah. And so the thing that originally caught my eye, and I will definitely link to all of these in the show notes, um, was... Knitting, like actual knitting that had clearly been done using pins, like dressmaking pins, and uh -huh. then set in resin, which is so when you're looking at it, it's sort of like this 
piece of knitting suspended mid-resin. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, the timing of that is really impressive because you would definitely have to do it in layers and know that it was set up to not sink any further. It's just really yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, there's um, like, there's, I mean, really, I was thinking like there's layers to this, not just the layers in, in resin, but like the layers of craft involved in this are like, yeah, it's complicated, complicated stuff. It's very Detailed complicated. Stuff. And Isabel Kiefhaber is the artist and she's um, unsurprisingly in Germany, given uh-huh. both the name of the store and uh, her last name. But um, she does a lot of interesting sort of crafting-related things. But one of the things that completely blew my mind was is this ring where there's actually pencil writing Okay, in the yeah. middle of it? I yes, I just I looked at that. My jaw just dropped as I pulled that up. How? And I mean, I I assume it must be on some sort of clear film um yeah. or maybe half the ring was poured and then it was written and then the other half the ring was poured. I have no oh, idea. Right. I see what you're saying there. Yeah. That could be. Um if it's being poured horizontally, Right. But anyway, it, it it is so cool. And her aquarium ones are amazing. And um, I also I am just deeply I love there she has like these miniature bunnies. They're yes. on like grass and there's little flowers. Oh my goodness. <sighs> yeah, like there's a lot of little scenes. There's a creepy zombie one that looks like uh-huh. there's mist and smoke rising, uh-huh. which obviously I like. Um, I mean, I, I just, just saw keep the going. like origami wow. ships. Uh huh. Like wh- what? Uh, so I am just. I keep looking and I keep finding more things that make me so deeply impressed. Um, yeah. And I'm also very bad at resin. Like, it's <laughs> it's not a thing that I'm great at. Maybe I don't have enough ventilation. Um, <laughs> and my I brain stopped working. Tried it. I don't know. I have never tried it, so I don't know how this would go. But, like, it's definitely intriguing. Well, wow. it's hard to get, uh, to have materials in something without getting air bubbles because anything porous sure yeah. gives off air bubbles as it's hardening and so and i mean you can seal things and there are certainly a few bubbles here and there because you kind of can't help it yeah but for the most part i mean these are just amazingly clear smooth pores yeah. And I just think her work is awesome. And um, she also has an Instagram where you can see a bunch of her work as well. So I'll link to all of that. But I just, wow. <laughs> yeah. It is definitely wow. Yeah. Good find. Good find. And I mean, yeah. Uh, frankly, the the knitting one... Just the teeny tiny knitting itself is impressive. Yes. So then when you said it, that it's ring sized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Especially because you you can see the pins. You know how they're they're not like the big glass headed pins. They're like the tiny tiny short dressmaking pins. Like they're small. When you're talking about a ring, you even just even if you aren't looking at this thing. Imagine the scale of what it would be in order to wear on your hand. Like the ring is no wider than a ring that you would that fits around your finger. It's just like a block yeah. of it on top. So, whoa. Exactly. I, yeah, so I'm I'm just so impressed and also I will say that there are pieces that involve glitter that I think are beautiful. There it is. But see, it's it's forever captured inside resin, so therefore... Right. It's, it's encased. Fine. 
Glitter <laughs> under control, under strict surveillance, uh-huh. I can handle. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, ultimately, I probably would rather have, as much as I love sparkly things on things, rows of jars of glitter are as delightful to me, if not more, than glitter on a project itself. So, Oh, that's fine with me. Contained yeah. glitter isn't an issue. Yeah. And I will say that I am absolutely guilty of all of the glitter gel makeup when I was a teenager. So, <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy. Oh, gosh. I was fairy sparkles all the time. <laughs> so I really don't have much room to talk. I also use the super fine glitter as eyeshadow. Uh-huh. Without any um, additional gel medium, because Super it would safe. just stick to your skin. Yeah. So okay. cool. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely brought glitter upon my mother's house. <laughs> I I like that. I like that. Yeah. However, my mother did not mind. <laughs> yeah, your mom's pretty chill. She's pretty chill. Very. Um, yeah. Well, I think that we should bring this very sparkly episode to a close. Now that we've discussed yes, all of probably. the things. Yes. Um, thank you so much for listening to the very serious, slightly sparkly crafts podcast. Uh, <laughs> you can you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at, at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. And finally, if you are a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, Please leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting find us. And now yes, I'm gonna go hooray! throw some glitter around and then safely scoop it into a pile and not let it get into landfills or oceans. I'm so glad you're in the Midwest. <laughs> and not anywhere near the East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I do every once in a while think of mailing you a, a very special envelope, but now you'll probably never. My open mother it has me. done that. <laughs> my mom used to put glitter in all of my birthday or Valentine's Day or anything because my mom sends cards for everything. I she knew I liked Patty. Specifically, <laughs> she put glitter and confetti. <laughs> um, mostly confetti by the end of this particular thing. Uh-huh. But so I would open it and then just confetti everywhere. <laughs> awesome. And yeah. on that note. So that is some next level trolling. It is. It is. Uh, mm-hmm. On that note, I guess this episode is officially over. <laughs> well, Bye, all listeners. right. And I'll see you next time, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. 